We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue wire. I play real sports. Not trying to be the best at exercising. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Not just any ball player. I'm Kenny fucking Powers. Oh. Yeah, I hurt myself. I hurt my nose. I'm Kenny Powers! All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast. Folks, we are on episode five of the Eastbound and Down rewatch. And before we get into it, uh, real quick, uh, want to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode, uh, ranking the five worst movies we've covered on this podcast. And uh, something I noted in that episode that I want to I want to give everyone a heads up. If you're a member of the Big Screen Sports Facebook group, I will be throwing out a uh, a call for listener questions for the Eastbound and Down season one recap. Uh, we're gonna gonna take some questions specifically from the Facebook group. So um, if you're already a member. Don't need to do anything. I'll throw out that uh, that link here sometime soon. Uh, if you haven't yet, join the Big Screen Sports Facebook group. Get in a question about Eastbound and Down Season 1 that we will answer. And when I say we, I am, of course, talking about the guy who is joining me again today to talk about what's going on deep in his plums. It's Jeremy Loss. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just an average guy with exceptional hair ready to talk some some Eastbound and Down and talk more about Will Ferrell's plums. Talk a real damn good episode. Oh man, this is a classic. It I had is, forgotten how it's good one of it the is. better ones. It is. I think it is in the pantheon of Eastbound and Down. So let's get right into it. It's chapter five, uh, the penultimate episode of Eastbound and Down, season one. Convinced he's lost his stuff, Kenny decides to give up his comeback dreams and move on as a working stiff. But his resolve is tested by arrogant car dealer Ashley Schaefer and his new celebrity, a major league arch nemesis named Reg Mackworthy. Episode guest starred Will Ferrell, Craig Robinson, and Gina Gershon, who played the uh, the very cruel realtor. Uh, Jeremy, right off the bat, man, what is your first impression of this episode? This is a classic. Um, I forgot how good it was. And this is also the redemption episode. That's kind of what I labeled this as when watching it. Um, this is when Kenny finally comes to a realization that he, things may not work out for him. And then ultimately he has people surrounding him who, who love him for who he is. And you see him get his redemption. Um, just a classic episode. I have a couple questions for you when we get to the question section, but not only is this a classic episode, this has some of the best bloopers of all time when it comes to TV. So all around, this is, they hit it out of the park with this one. Yeah, we're going to get into the bloopers cause you're very right. This, this episode led to a lot of YouTube watching. 
Um, th- this one, a lot of great elements of Eastbound and Down come together. And when we last left Kenny, he is at rock bottom. And by the end of this episode, he's as high as we've seen him mm-hmm. in this season. He is he is on the way up. Episodes like this are why we love this show. It's got really funny moments. It's got a little bit of heart. Kenny isn't completely unlikable in this one. It, it's the second best episode of, of the series so far. In my I opinion. would say this is the most likable Kenny gets in the series. That's... I, you're probably right. I think until, at least while he's still like playing baseball, right. while he's on the the comeback, because season four is kind of its whole that whole other different thing, you know, when he like his post career thing, he has some moments there. I mean, still, Kenny will always be a scumbag, but I I think you're probably right. This is probably the most you're rooting for it, and I will admit, in later in this episode, I'm gonna eat some crow. So oh. I, I just wanna I wanna tease that. I will give you, I have two questions as well for the, so I will give you first question. Okay, I have three of them. So I have, are the deleted scenes for this episode more popular than the actual episode? Are these the best TV bloopers or deleted scenes of all time? And what's the monetary value of the damage created at the end of the episode? Okay, okay. So I want to address, so first, are the deleted scenes, are you saying more popular than the episode? Yes. Do you yeah, think like people sure. reference the deleted scenes more than the actual episode? For me, for a, a, quite some time, I always reference the deleted scenes. Because I think the deleted scenes, at least what Will Ferrell does, is a little bit more fu- is a little bit funnier than what he actually says in the episode. Um, the, the scene with, when he's talking about laying on top of Donna... And he said, and in the deleted scene, he's like, let the boy watch. Let like, the boy watch. <laughs> I think that those scenes, the the two the two things that Farrell does here, the deep in my plums, which he goes into that extended, again, it's like Hall of Fame YouTube stuff. That and the, you know, the let the boy watch, I think are probably the most quoted eastbound and down things that are not said by Kenny Powers. Yeah, definitely. They're they're both extreme popular. What was your what was your number two? Are these the best TV bloopers slash deleted scenes of all time? For my money, yeah. I, I would say I would say they're probably the ones I've watched the most. And also, have you seen Bat Fight? No. Oh, I'm sending you Bat Fight when we I'm gonna write myself a note to send you Bat Fight. So Bat Fight is spurned from this as well. Um and, and shout out shout out to the real ones who know Bat Fight. Uh, I don't know, I would assume that it was filmed in this time, possibly when all the, when these guys were, basically, Bat Fight is just short sketch with Farrell and uh, Craig Robinson, and I don't, I can't remember if Danny McBride is in it, it might just be Farrell and Craig Robinson, but Farrell is dressed up as Ashley Schaefer, and it is majestic, so I, I, I loop those three together. And it is, yeah, they're they're YouTube Hall of Famers. Yeah, I mean, I find myself always going to like deep in my plums on 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 YouTube. I, if I need a laugh, that's a go to because you can turn it on and immediately start cracking up. No matter how many times you've watched it, it's it's so good. There's something new every time, even though you watch it like a hundred times, you still catch something new. Um, also, like Will Ferrell in this episode and in the bloopers, it's just he's on a, like a hundred. Like he's just hitting it out of the park. It's like the best Will Ferrell. Like Will Ferrell for me can get a little tiresome, but like with Ashley Schaefer, anything he does, I'm fucking eating it up because it's so damn funny. 
It's fantastic. I mean, it's kind of like we talked about in the first episode or the the second episode when he shows up. He's just having a great time. He's having an absolute ball just doing this like Ric Flair used car salesman. And the funny thing is, this is an episode where a lot of supporting characters get to do work. And Farrell is far and away the best part of this episode. Yep. 100%. And then the last one I had was what's the monetary value of the damage created at the end of the episode? Because they tear that that dealership apart. And that's what I had as my least authentic part of this episode and that Kenny would be going to jail. We've said this before. There are times in the series where Kenny would be going to jail. I don't think he gets out of it because it's at least hundreds of thousands of damage, probably $500,000 worth of damage at the very least. Yeah. And then there's just random people going up to windows and smashing windows like... It's a it's a crazy scene, and then he's just making out with the girl in the middle of it. Yeah, Kenny incites a riot, and this would be and and Schaefer would, although Schaefer isn't a Schaefer's the type where he he holds grudges and he plots. He's yeah. not like an instant an instant revenge kind of guy. Which I mean, we we see down the road, Schaefer will hold a grudge, but uh, yeah, Kenny, it's it's probably north of five hundred thousand dollars. I don't see how Kenny gets out of that without uh, legal action. Yeah. What were your questions for the episode? What was Stevie beating off to? <laughs> I also had a question around that. Like, is he just wearing a giant ass shirt? Like, does he He's not have wearing pants? like a gigantic <laughs> blue tall tee that for he, like a for, he's wearing like Shaq's tall tee. Yeah. When he answers the door, I was like, wait, is he just wearing a shirt? It's so funny. Uh, he's probably masturbating to his visions of Kenny. I was going to say that the kind of follow up is, is he masturbating to Kenny is Stevie? It could be a completely non-sexual thing that he's imagining. And we're just, I'm just diving really deep on this, but he's just like a mad, like he's jerking it to like Kenny acknowledging him or Kenny saying like, man, Stevie, you're cool. And that's always always going full, like 40 year old version virgin. And he's watched like a porn and then it's off. And now he's just kind of in his own, his own mind. And it's like the 40-year-old version when it switches. He, he's doing that, and it switches from the woman's voice to Steve Carell's voice. And he's like, and this isn't great because you're, you know, I'm just imagining it in my head. Whatever he says. Yeah. But it, it switches to Kenny's voice, and that just gets Stevie going a little more. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. My other question is also Stevie-related. Okay. Where did he get the steroids? Stevie. <laughs> that scene is so funny. Because he just walks up holding the steroids. Um, Stevie has his own supply. He he probably got his own supply to help Kenny out. So he probably has some just kind of sitting in his car from whenever Kenny needs him. And he saw his moment. He saw the opportunity. And he was up there for his friend. He was probably able to get those online. I feel like Stevie would be able to find a, a steroid plug on the black market or something like that. Yeah, Stevie like probably like frequents the black market. He's probably yeah. on the dark web a lot. It's a, yeah, that's the difference between him and Clegg. When Clegg gets something, it is from a guy who knows a guy. Stevie has to go find it online. Yep. Which is good. Kenny is diversifying his plugs because Clegg, clear, Clegg does not come through. Although that's one of my favorite parts of the episode. <laughs> Where he takes the, what is it? What is it again? It's a Oxycontin. Uh, Oxycontin. He, he takes it and then spits it back out. <laughs> Well, and the the thing about it putting it in a sock, sock and you, yeah, you sweat, yeah, a little bit sometimes. And then Clegg finds his boys and starts huffing pain again. You know, Clegg has a has a nice little episode too. It's it's nice little work from Clegg. Uh, ben Best, we we miss you. Uh, okay, best scene for me. I, I I've got 
just two scenes. They're both the the two scenes at Schaefer BMW. They're the return to Schaefer BMW and then the pitch off. Although uh, Kenny seeing Macworthy at the bar is an honorable mention for me. Yeah, I have three. I have the in- the initial confrontation with Red and uh, Ashley Schaefer. The second one where he gets the, the pitch back. But I also have when he quits baseball and he decides to show up school up to school dressed as a normal dull teacher, <laughs> and he's wearing khakis. And like a blue khaki shirt and fake glasses. And it's just like the polar opposite from when he walked into the school at his utmost, like Kenny, like feeling himself. And he's in his all black stepping out outfit. And now he's in like the dullest outfit imaginable drinking coffee with fake glasses on. Alludes to uh, the the to vice principals in the future. Yeah. But let's the return. So the return to, to Ashley Schaefer BMW is is really great because I think the best part about it is when Kenny and Stevie roll up, can you take me higher by Creed is playing, which is, <laughs> I so have that fun. in my notes. I was like, of course, Ashley Schaefer is blaring Creed at a, at a dealership during this. Like this is pure Ashley Schaefer magic. Shit. There you go. Who's Reg Macworthy? Our arch fucking nemesis. Come on, let's bolt. There he is. The man with the golden arm. Kenny Powers, how the hell are you? Schaefer, you asshole, what is all this shit? You set me up. Hey, hey, Kenny Powers, how's it going, man? Pretty good until I saw your black ass. Oh, now? It's been a long time since I've seen you, right? <laughs> Matter of fact, last time I saw you, I ended your career, oh yeah. No, you didn't. I ended my career myself a week ago, on my own. Oh, so you double retired? Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Can you feel the tension? I can. I can feel it down in my plums you're getting a nice bluish hue getting ready to take them to the farmer's market you get the down in my plums which is just important for the sake of youtube the sake of pop culture and extremely important reference and then when Farrell's just getting really into it he has the the reference from the natural the whammer and hobbs yeah it's, it's i i feel like that was improv as well like Farrell, like we said is just chewing it up it's just fantastic. And did you notice that the guy Kenny punched is still there simping for him? Yeah. Yeah. And then you also, is it, the, is it this scene or is it the initial confrontation when Reg says, who the fuck is this guy? And Stevie, Stevie responds, who the fuck are you? Who the fuck are you? <laughs> I think I think that's when they first get, yeah, when they first get there. I mean, Stevie's on another level in this episode. Um, but every time that you get Will Ferrell, Craig Robinson, and... and and Danny McBride on the sa- on in the same scene, it's it's magic. They fucking crush it every single time. Yeah, and then the the pitch off when Kenny gets his pitch back, the Farrell's monologue about making love to his wife is arguably for me a top five Will Ferrell moment, maybe a top three Will Ferrell. Like that's like that's up there with with Ma the Meatloaf, which is really good. Um, yeah, maybe the fight from Anchorman. Yep. I mean, it, it's so up there. I, it's so good. A little bit of a tangent here. Do you prefer Will Ferrell as a secondary, like, pop-in character or Will Ferrell as a leading actor? So when he's a pop-in character, I feel, I don't know, there's just not a whole lot of that. Like, he's undefeated when it's him, but, like, Wedding Crashers and, and this and Eastbound and Down are top tier performances what else comes to mind what am i missing with him just like because he he does he he randomly will pop into stuff but those two come to mind but at the same time 
I think just the overall performance of Ron Burgundy or Ricky Bobby, it, it's just hard. I can't right. say like See, I prefer him being a bit character. But like there's there's certain like and maybe it's just the roles, but there's certain roles where I like sour on him fairly quickly. Like I used to love Talladega Nights, but I can't really watch that anymore. I just find that character to be a little less funny. I can watch uh, the other guys like all day because I love oh, that love character. The, yeah, love the other guys. Um, and I can watch um, Anchorman. I almost would consider him as a secondary bit character in old school. Yeah, that, that's like it's a, not like, like a, a it's not like a pop in, role. but he is a secondary character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I mean, he's great, but is like. As a pop in, I don't know if you saw the internship, which is, uh, I believe that's the um, the Vince Vaughn Owen Wilson movie. Yeah, where he's the mattress salesman. That that's like a one scene thing. That's kind of like Wedding Crashers. That's really good. I'm, I'm looking through the IMDb right now. I just feel that when he is not the main character, he can really just turn it up to a hundred, and it if it's for a short period of time, it really hits. Another good one, uh, the goods. I don't know if you've oh, seen yeah. the goods when he's uh, he's McDermott in the Abe Lincoln costume <laughs> <laughs> where he gets to drop the <laughs> drop the line. I freed the slaves. Now I'm going to free these buyers from high prices or something <laughs> like that, which is just we'd airdrop McDermott in dressed as Abe Lincoln. He would float in and say, I freed the slaves. Now I'm going to free those guards from the slavery of high prices. We had a bunch of great lines for him to say. Hey, just like John Wilkes Booth, our prices are going to sneak up behind you and blow your brains out. <laughs> I'm not sure that one gets in the movie in 2020, but it's no, so No, absolutely not. Yeah, I just, I, I mean, for me, his he does have a lot of iconic characters, but his character in Wedding Crashers is by far his funniest. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Every, uh, he's on the screen for, what, three, five minutes, and he's just fucking hitting it out of the park. He's perfect. I mean, people are still saying Ma the Meatloaf in that movie was over 15 years ago, but it's the same thing with this monologue about making love to his wife. Like, you, like, people say, oh, you know, let the boy watch all the time and talk about, like, the sweat, and it's, it's fantastic. Like, it, it's why this, this scene is so good. It's why this episode is so good, because it, it's, Kind of like you were talking about, it's it's the the most likable we find Kenny, and it's the redemption episode, but it's also the best feral episode. Let me tell you something. I had a dream about this moment when I was making love to my wife Donna on top of her powerful thrusts, filling the sultry night air, heavy breath. My son Gabriel walked in. Little boy, my wife sprung out of bed and said, no, Gabriel, leave. I said, no, honey, shut your mouth, let him watch. Let him watch what is being consecrated here, and I want the people to watch what's going to be consecrated here. And I will bring my son down here, and he will watch. He will watch you two battle it here. You two becoming one. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, and Craig Robinson's not bad either. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Farrell... I don't want to say overshadows him because Craig Robinson and, and and Danny McBride still get their licks in in this one, but it is really, in a lot of ways, it is Farrell's show, this episode. Yep. And he's on the screen for five minutes. It's great. It's great. Um, let's do a quick ad break, and then we're going to get back with the most and least authentic parts. 
Hey everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your own podcast right here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. It's something that I wish I would have had when I was first uh, getting into the podcast game would have been extremely helpful. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, and that includes your boy on uh, January 14th, so tune into that. Uh, access to our community Discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. On top of that, Blue Wire is going to help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. The best part is you can get this all for only $15 a month, the same rate as other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. I'll pull back the curtain a little bit. I uh, paid a hosting platform more than this when I started out my podcast, and they were terrible. Uh, again, this is something I, I really wish I would have had uh, getting into the podcast game. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that is bwhustle.com join. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so uh, most and least authentic. I already gave away my least authentic, which was I, I don't think that Kenny gets away with causing hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of damage at Schaefer BMW. Yeah. What was the most authentic part of this one for you? This one I struggled with because I was trying to think if there was a most authentic sports scene in this, and there's really not. No, I had one glaringly obvious authentic thing. What was it? Reg Mackworthy being a fake ass Christian is a good oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. He's even got the John 316 on his jersey. Team John Tim- 316, yeah. <laughs> Shout out Tim Tebow on that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, because I was just I was really struggling to figure out anything that was super authentic. Um, maybe like the principal feeling himself before he goes out on a, on a in the triathlon and just is thinking he's the best athlete when he's by far like not even close to being the best one. And like I feel like every single triathlete feels like they're the the best athlete around. Um, but that just could be an overgeneralization. Um, but I, yeah, I was just really struggling to find an authentic, authentic one in here. Uh, least authentic I had was just Kenny knocking an eye out with a pitch. Yeah, uh, I feel like Macworthy is would be more ready to bail out. Yeah, 
And he's got no, I mean, he's got no helmet on. Like the kid, the, the catcher is standing right behind him with no gear on. Ready to catch that a guy that throws 100 miles an hour. That was my only thing about this one that, that, done, that didn't work was there's no way that Dustin and Cassie let their son stand right behind Mackworthy with no protective gear. Right. No chance. Oh, I mean, Kenny's Shrek. got a lot of... One thing, though, Kenny's got a lot of movement on that pitch. Throwing 101 with that kind of movement? Oh, it's, it had a little had a little two-seam tail in there when it knocked out Mackworthy's eye. Yeah. That, that screen that Craig Robinson gives. Craig <laughs> Robinson is like a good... He's a good screamer. He has a uh, like uh, I'm a huge Hot Tub Time Machine fan. I love Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh, we we should we should cover Hot Tub Time. Machine oh, I'm on down. This podcast going back in time is a sport. Um, but when he it, it's the line from the trailer, but it's the one when he asks someone in the '80s what color is Michael Jackson, and they say black, and he does that scream. Craig yeah. Robinson has a great scream. He does. Craig Robinson is an underrated actor. He's in a he's lot great. of shit. Like he's in a lot of stuff. I actually just rewatched uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, and he's probably one of my favorite characters in that entire series. And he just plays a bit character. He gets a ton of that good bit work. Yeah, like he's, uh, great. And this is the end. Oh yeah, just, this is the end was underrated for me. I didn't like it at first, but the more I watched it, it grew on me. I, I really like this is the end. Um, I like uh, like Craig Robinson. He worked about this one. What else about this episode worked for you? Um, so this one's more of like the leading into the redemption, like heartwarming aspect of this, of this, uh, episode. I just have like the moment when Kenny realizes that he has people who love him for him when he's, when he's about to throw the pitch, Dustin's there with him. Stevie's always there with him. And then April shows up and he has that really awkward back and forth with her where he just flat out says he came in his pants. But like, I think that is a classic kind of redemption angle that you get in sports movies is like you just get everybody kind of coming around the central character literally and, coming yeah and then and then they're able to like lift to the moment and rise to the moment and here you have Kenny just being surrounded by the people that love him the most that know him that know him all know all his flaws and he's able to get his pitch back and take an out with a with with a 100 mile 100 mile, mile an hour heater jesus i just about had a stroke there um <laughs> And then I have the introduction of Reg as the perfect foil to Kenny. Um, so good. Every, everything was perfect there. But I just really love, I do love that moment when he's about to throw the ball and he's got everybody around him and then he, he knocks the eye out. Are you ready for me to eat some crow? Yes. Uh, the, the moment where Kenny and April get together actually worked. Oh. They did enough. I, earlier in the season, I was very, I didn't want, I didn't like that April was getting back with Kenny. But they, they humble Kenny enough and they show it is not just because she's super trapped with Cutler. Um, she actually, you know, it, it works. And he does her dirty as fuck next episode. But it, I, I was here for it. And yeah. I will admit I am a, a man enough to admit when I am wrong. I was wrong. They actually made that, that part work. I do not, I am not pissed that they got them together. Uh, it, it worked. 
Something I thought you were going to say that Stevie worked this episode, and then I was going to really nah, be happy. He, nah, he was okay. <laughs> the, when he shows up with the steroids, is great. This was probably the best Stevie episode. More the the masturbation and the tall tea, and then showing up with steroids. Is really I have funny. I have a Stevie. Talked, ep- I have a Stevie scene in the biggest cringe. That's not the masturbation scene. So uh, we could talk more about that later. But yeah, Kenny, that them getting together at the end with the chaos around them. Um, was perfect. I, I I think you said it correctly. Like I think they built it up. They built it up perfectly. They humbled him enough, and then ultimately he has a moment where he gets back to his full powers, um, for lack of a better term. And and now we're gonna see him do her completely dirty in the finale, which we'll talk about next week. Yeah. You know what else worked was uh, Ashley Schaefer offering five hundred dollars in cash and coupons to local <laughs> businesses. Half in cash, half in coupons. Also, his deal that he was going to offer if Kenny struck him out, which was 40% off all pre-owned BMWs, and then if uh, Reg hit the home run, same low prices that you get, so it's a win-win. Like, he is the perfect car salesman. Like, everything about it is perfect. I mean, it's... You're right. It's a flawless character. It is an absolutely... It's just a perfect caricature of the Southern Ric Flair used car salesman. And... Again, I, I come back to, I I can't remember, I think I asked you this two episodes ago, if if a show about Ashley Schaefer would be better than Eastbound and Down. This episode, even more than the other one, makes me think that it really might be. Like, it's really, it'd be really, really good. Yeah, it, it would be. And I, I would want to know more about the people that work at Ashley Schaefer BMW. Like, is you that could get weird? a banging cast of characters for that one. Like, I just, I yes, Ashley Schaefer would be great, but I would want to know the the manager of Ashley Schaefer BMW. What kind of person is that? What's a salesman like? Are they like scumbags just like Ashley Schaefer because they have to do these certain things to get deals? Like, I think that would be a really interesting, like, 30-minute comedy series. HBO Max do your work. Come on. So in the age of streaming in the age of sometimes like having to pay for things, like I paid $20 to watch tenant a couple weeks ago, money well spent. I would do it again. I will do it again. If I, Jeremy, if I came to you and I said, I've got, so it's, so I, the series would be on HBO max, but they're, they're wanting you to pay for it. It's Ashley Schaefer. The series is just Ashley Schaefer BMW, but they've got the cast of Anchorman. So they, they've got Rudd, they've got Carell, uh, they've got the guy who plays Champ Kind, whose name always escapes me, uh, David Koechner. They've yeah. got that whole that whole squad back together, but they're playing the employees of Ashley Schaefer BMW. What are you paying for season one? Oh, Jesus. Um, I'd pay whatever they'd ask. I'd, we've been, yeah, we've been be in like, a pandemic for like eight months. I think I'm throwing down the card and saying, charge it. Yeah, I'm like, just do it. Like, hey, do you need like a GoFundMe like or like a Kickstarter campaign? Like, I'll, I'll pitch in. Like, I would pay whatever they ask. That would be incredible. Yeah, realistically, I would probably pay $50 for that. Yeah. Like, I, over twice as much as I paid for Tenet. Is Tenet any good? I love Tenet. I don't know what happened in it. I can't explain nearly any of it but i loved it see i'm like i'm super timid to watch that because i envisioned that as a theater first movie it would have been a great theater movie and so like like for wonder woman 84 which was not good i think a large chunk of what 
like hurt that movie was the fact that you couldn't experience it in the theater because I think some of the action sequences within Wonder Woman would have been better suited for an IMAX screen or just a large screen in general. Like on a 60-inch TV at home, like just still doesn't convey things accurately and things look cheesy as hell. I will actually say, I will actually change my mind. I think it is it is better to see Tenet at home first because you can do subtitles. And I think Tenet subtitles are very important because everything I heard about people who were seeing Tenet when it first came out, like the people who brave theaters, was that it was very hard to hear, and it was. But having subtitles made you, you still didn't understand a whole lot, but it worked. So that being said, if if I can go see Tenet in a theater, I will. Because like I think about Inception. Inception was one of my favorite theater experiences ever. So I do want to see Tenet in a theater, but I think at home, it, it was it's good to have the subtitles. Yeah, I think I might end up actually buying it and watching it. I still need to finish Soul. I'm like halfway through oh, that. Oh, Soul was fantastic. I watched half of it and then got distracted. And then I was talking to a buddy of mine who was who had just watched Wonder Woman. He's like, you got to watch this shit. And I watched I was like, that's not a good movie. I wasted two and a half hours. Yeah, Soul was Soul was very good. If um, To anyone who is on Letterboxd, I've been putting out the call. Anyone listening to this podcast, if you're on Letterboxd, follow me. I'll follow you back. I think I gave Soul four and a half stars. Oh, shit. Soul was very, very good. I love Soul. I also, um, during this like during this holiday period, I know we're way off track here, but I tried to watch fuck Cats. Fuck it. Let's go, let's go for it. I tried to watch Cats. <laughs> shout out to shout out to uh, the thing that was going on on the internet, the butthole cut. Apparently, yeah. there's a butthole cut of Cats. I will not watch Cats. I'm I was gonna... just like roaming around HBO Max, because like, obviously Eastbound and Down's on HBO Max. I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a try. And I made it halfway through the first song, and I was like, nope, can't do it. Yeah, it I'm, was... not, I'm not going to do that. I have to watch enough bad stuff for this podcast. I'm not going to watch I'm not going to take precious time out of my day to watch cats. Like, aside from the fact that these cats have human faces, like the I know that they really wanted to make the proportions, and I know that they built out sets to make it look like there were actual cats around this large world. The proportions are way off. The the mouths don't match the actual music and and the sounds coming out of their out of the mouths. So it just visually it was not great to look at. And then you also got to throw in the fact that it's fucking cats and cats is a weird ass musical. So yeah, I was like, eh, I can't do this. They put in all that money to make cats, and they could have instead made Ashley Schaefer BMW. You know, miniseries. Sometimes I mean we gotta we gotta straighten them up and let them know that there's a great idea just waiting for them. Sad, sad. I have one more thing that worked. It, it's I guess it's a question. When Kenny burns the storage pod in the driveway, yeah. How did that not get out of control? And also that like that ruined Dustin's driveway for sure, right? Yeah, I was also wondering about that. Who the fuck are those kids watching Kenny burn his stuff? Isn't it the nephew? No, I don't think so. <laughs> just random kids? I th- they looked like just random kids. I was like, who the fuck are these kids? Um, I had that as my you're fucking out section. I was just like, who who are these kids? Why are they here? Um, the burning of the stuff, I know it's symbolic, but I don't know if it was necessary. Also, did you notice that Stevie has a couple weird things of Kenny memorabilia in his house. Like he has a home plate with Kenny on it. I think he had the guitar as well. So he just he's just randomly stacking up some Kenny mem- memorabilia, but he probably took that toilet seat too. Oh, probably. Yeah. But just he, the, the logistics of burning the storage pod though. Yeah. 
Something else it's is not like it's fire. just going to go away. They're going to have to haul it away in some regard. Uh, Dustin's driveway is ruined, and there's it's North Carolina. There's low hanging trees everywhere. Like I, yeah, that's no turning way. into like a, a much larger fire. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, did you have anything else in your fucking out besides uh, the random the random no, kids? No, because like we said before, this is a damn near perfect episode. So it was tough to find something to take out here. Yeah, it's great. Uh, then, so the Lenny Harris Pinch Hitter Award. I think for Best Supporting Character, I think it's kind of obvious based on how we've been talking that it's Farrell as Ashley Schaefer. The down in my plums, the monologue about making love to his wife is astounding, but a really good episode for side characters. Uh, yeah. Mac, I, Macworthy I, is great. Yep. Uh, John Hawks as Dustin Powers gets fine, gets to flex a little bit, gets a little play. Good episode yeah. for Dustin Powers. His, his, he, he stands up for himself with the realtor. Like, yeah, I had all three of those. I actually took the chicken shit way out here and I had Reg and Ashley as my kind of joint winners here. They are sharing the award because like I said, they are the perfect villains. They are everything that you want from in, in a foil for a character that is not that likable. You want people that are just as despicable and, Ashley Schaefer and Reg Mackworthy are fucking despicable human beings. So, um, and they play it perfectly. And so is Gina Gershon as the realtor who's given Dustin the business until Dustin turns around and just gives her a bunch of shit. Gina Gershon <laughs> still looked great in that episode. Good yeah, for and those those scenes are awesome. Like when they're talking about the radio and they're just saying like random things that try to they, and they try to make it sound like Spanish. Great stuff. Yeah, it's great. Great. Stuff. It's really good stuff. Okay, so Kennyisms. Oh, best I have a Kenny, ton here. Best Kenny quote. Okay, rip, rip them off. What are your okay, favorite so Kennyisms? Okay, so I have. I'm laying down my new audiobook. No writing, just spoken words, the old-fashioned way. <laughs> <laughs> Name the file. Press record now before I smash your fucking face in. Um, just like Neil Armstrong, I went to space and came back, and nobody gave a shit. That I think that might be my my. I think that's my second favorite. Just an average guy with exceptional hair. Uh, I'm coming there as Kenny Powers, the man, not Kenny Powers, the legend. Uh, Kenny Powers' days of burning ass are done. That's not a homosexual reference. <laughs> um, and then when he's the teacher, when he's dressed up in uh, his full teacher outfit and he catches those two girls fighting, he says, you want to fight, do it in your own time in a parking lot somewhere, not in a school <laughs> surrounded by books. <laughs> that's, the best, that's the best one of the episode. Yeah, just the worst teaching advice ever. Also, they were throwing haymakers in that fight. Those girls are going at it. They really were. There, it was a it was a quality school fight. Yeah, I mean school fights are uh, are not great. It's really the best. the The first part of the episode is really basically right after that fight is the best of Kenny because as soon as they get back to Asha Schaefer BMW, it's just kind of it's like Feral cooking. Yeah, yeah, it's Feral's episode. After that, I have a whole bunch of like I, obviously there's other there's other quotes from other characters, but for Kenny. This was like, there's a lot here, but they're not as iconic as the other Kenny quotes. Um, I love, you want to fight, do it in your own time in the parking lot somewhere. That's not my favorite. School. Yeah. Um, what do you have for Kennyisms? That I had the Neil Armstrong one. And then if you want to fight, do it in your own time in a parking lot somewhere. And then, uh, and then what he said about the Oxycontin, it's more, that's kind of just, a, but Kenny basically getting pissed about Clegg bringing the Oxycontin, but then not wanting, but then wanting to keep the Oxycontin. Yeah. For biggest cringe, did you have anything? I have a couple things. I just have uh, Stevie answering the door in the tall tee. Okay. 
That's the biggest. That's that's the cringiest thing for me. I have Kenny dumping Stevie in the car when he tells him he can't afford him. <laughs> I completely and, forgot. And about Stevie's that like, I, I just wish we get in a car crash and we both die, and then we can hang out in heaven. And then <laughs> Kenny's like, I'm not gonna answer you. I'm just gonna let you sit here and and, and wallow, and and uh, I'm gonna turn on this music and just like continues to drive like nothing happens. And then obviously I have. Kenny admits that he comes that he came in his pants at the dealership in front of everybody. Yeah, that that's a tough that's a tough cringy one, but it's weirdly it's cringy, but it's Kenny being endearing, which is like yeah. it's crazy that that's about as endearing as Kenny can get, admitting that he came in his pants. That that's that might be my favorite Kenny moment, though. I would say so. Just the Kenny being Kenny for best Kenny moment. It's it's that kind of just admitting like. I guess it's him and April getting together or just straight up knocking out MacWorthy's eye. Although they, I mean, they kind of, it's right after that. I mean, that whole segment is, is great for him. Did you have like a best scene? I think the best, I mean, the thing is the, the last, like the, um, the last thing at Ashley Schaefer BMW is such an extended part of the episode. Yeah. It's probably, it's probably the back third of the episode. I, I, would, I would guess they spend at least half the episode at Ashley Schaefer BMW, if yeah. not close. Um, so that would be my best scene, but it's kind of two different mini set pieces in, in terms of how they orchestrate the scene, in terms of at first it is, it's the Schaefer, it's, it's basically the feral monologue and you know talking them into the, the face-off, the pitch-off, whatever, and then it's the, um, and then it's the actual. It's it's April showing up, her and Kenny, you know, talking real quick, and Kenny telling everyone he comes in his pants, and then knocking McAvoy's eye out into the destruction of the place, into the the destruction montage. So that would be my favorite if you're yeah. going to lump it all together. The, yeah. So this episode doesn't have. I, I know that we run into this quite a bit on other episodes where there'll be really great moments and things that we really like latch on to but they're not very they're they're not long enough to be considered scenes i think this episode kind of flips it a little bit there's not a lot of like just iconic moments there's a lot of really great long running scenes i think that's kind of what separates this this episode for me this one just feels a little bit more cohesive than a lot of these episodes outside of the pilot because the pilot's perfect like this just feels like a, a really wholesome might not be the right word but it does feel like this is a well put together TV show rather than a series of moments. Does it's that like make sense? It's, yeah, it's like a plan coming together. Right. Um, With that have, being said, oh, go ahead. I have one more, um, one more thing that I wanted to talk about. I wanted to see what you thought um, were the best Kenny Powers nicknames that he gave himself. So he gives himself five nicknames in this episode. Do you remember what he what he says? No, not off the top of my head. I so he said he calls himself the People's Champion, the Shelby Sensation. The Reverse Apache Master, The Man with the Golden Dick, and Dr. Cock and Balls. I actually like the Shelby sensation because that seems the most realistic to me. Like, you can see that in the local paper. Yeah, he gets called the Shelby sensation on the radio. See, I like that. I like that one a lot because uh, the, the others are like braggadocious Kenny things that he gave himself. The Shelby sensation is that that could have been what they called high school Kenny Powers. Yeah, that was probably some like local beat writer that gave him that name and it stuck and that guy thought he crushed it too oh yeah he like handed it over to his editor he's like i got a fucking name for this kid and now it's just that's his nickname for this man with the golden dick is 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 pretty solid but yeah 
Kenny definitely gave him that gave that to himself after he had sex with like six strippers. Yeah, you. I think you lose man with the golden dick after you come in your pants, though. I think that True. that one has to go away. Same with Doctor Cock and Balls. That one you can't keep. That one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Jeremy, needless. I don't. I don't think I even need to ask this. This is a Hall of Fame All Star starter or bench warmer episode. This, this is going on the Rushmore. This is up it, there with the pilot. This is a I Hall of Famer Rushmore, Rushmore episode. We'll we'll chisel this one in for the Rushmore. So that's two so far from season one in the Rushmore. Three seasons worth of stuff to to make up the other two. The the pilot the pilot is firmly in the Rushmore. Like you can't move it. Yeah, that one's never going away. This one, I'll have to rewatch uh, season two and three to see if anything kind of supplants it. But I don't think so. I'm. I'm confident in saying this one is firmly on the Rushmore. I always, a lot of the time I come back to the episode where Shane dies when Kenny's in Myrtle Beach, uh, spoiler alert, but I don't, I don't remember if it's just that moment or if the entire episode is good, but that's always, and that one and the one after it at Shane's funeral is, is incredible for me. This one just has so many iconic scenes, things that you, like when you think about Eastbound and Down are from this episode, similar to what's with, with the pilot, like you and I both forgot how many like iconic things from Eastbound and Down um, are it, within that pilot. This is the same kind of thing, like Ashley Schaefer, the stare down, Kenny getting his pitch back. Uh, everything is just kind of kind of thrown into this episode. I think that's why you kind of you have to solidify it in the in the rush more here. And you're gonna appreciate this even more when I send you the link to Bat Fight when we're off with this. Okay. Also, is this the is this the first, is this the only episode so far that's directed by Adam McKay? Oh, I don't know. I should have done the homework on that. It makes sense that, was, that Adam McKay directed this. Yeah, um, I thought that was a nice little nugget. Um, yeah, I see. went I went and looked at the trivia, but I didn't um, I didn't I didn't even note that Adam McKay directed that. Yes, so this is the first episode directed by Adam McKay. For the the pilot was directed by Jody Hill. Uh, episode two and three were directed by David Gordon Green, uh, and episode four. So yeah, Adam McKay did episode five, and then Jody Hill returns for the finale. That makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense that that Adam McKay would have touched this one. It is a, it's a great episode. And Jeremy, next week we've got the season finale. Do you want to tell the folks who our special guest is going to be? Yeah, so we're going to have my podcast partner on Two Jabronis with Wrestling Podcast, Ben Cruz, joining us. He is new to Eastbound and Down. He's just going through this with us. So it should be great to get his his insight on how the show uh, is and see what he has to say about the finale. And you folks, can you might remember Ben Cruz. Uh, he came on, covered Crazy Stupid Love with us a couple months back. Uh, yeah, and Jeremy, he called me David Linhagen, and I'm did. fucking he pissed about that. He called you the that. David Linhagen of your podcast. The cuckold, David Lidhagen. I, I mean, him and I still have beef about that. That's tough. That's tough. Where can the folks uh, find you and catch Two Jabronis? Yes, yeah, so you can catch Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we are part of the Blue Wire family. If you love talking, if you love wrestling, um, you can listen to us every Thursday. Um, we record Wednesday nights after NXT and AEW. So, uh, yeah, catch us wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on 
on social at two jabronis pod on twitter and on instagram and you can follow me on twitter at jeremy a loss and if you enjoyed this episode of big screen sports remember subscribe and tune in next monday when we wrap up the season finale of eastbound and down also if you have a question you want us to answer on our eastbound and down listener questions episode go join the big screen sports facebook group going to be putting out the call for those questions here real soon and we'll catch you next monday thanks for listening Thank you. I play real sports. Not trying to be the best at exercising. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. Not just any ball player. I'm Kenny fucking Powers. Yeah, I hurt myself. I hurt my nose. I'm Kenny Powers! Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.